Today's episode of A New Beginning is brought to you by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn more at harvest.org. And while you're there, browse our library of free ebooks designed to help you grow in your faith. We need to take one day off out of seven and rest and recharge. But we say, well, I don't have time. I can't do it. We make time for those things that are important to us. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out this is important. If you will honor the Lord and say, I'm taking this day, Sunday's the Lord's day. I'm going to worship with my family. We're going to spend time together. I'm going to disconnect from all the things that distract me. I'm telling you, whatever you're doing, God will bless you for that. He will bless you. If we follow God's blueprint for life, our lives will go better. You can depend on that. If we ignore God's blueprint, our lives will face more challenges and heartache. But sometimes we think we're the exception, or the situation is the exception. Oh, the sweet aroma of certain decisions could lead to the stench of bad destinations. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us consider more of the timeless wisdom we find in the Ten Commandments. All right, well, let's grab our Bibles and turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, and the title of my message is, What's the Big Deal with God's Name? Names matter. And God cares about His name a lot. So I want to look at now the third commandment, You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. I think this is one of the most misunderstood of the commandments. And it's probably one of the most easily broken commandments because it's so misunderstood. Exodus 20 verse seven says, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. But how do we do this? One way we do it, and we may not even realize it, is when we always feel we have to swear to God about everything. You say, man, come on, believe me. I'm telling you the truth. I swear to God it's true, right? Why would you have to ever say, I swear to God it's true? Probably because you're not known to be a truthful person, right? So Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5.37 said, you've heard that the law of Moses says don't break your vows. And carry out your vows you made to the Lord. But listen to this. He says, I say to you, don't make any vows. Just offer a simple yes I will or no I won't. That should be enough. If you need to strengthen your statement with a vow or your promise with a vow, that shows something is wrong. If you say you're going to do it, do it. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't use the Lord's name in an empty, idle, insincere, or frivolous way. Some people will say, oh my God, all the time. It's a default expression. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Right? Or you text, OMG. OMG. 
That's an empty way. That's sort of a frivolous way. Don't use the Lord's name in a frivolous way. Now if something happens, you hear bad news or something else and you say, oh my God, that's different. You're calling out to God. But some people just punctuate sentences with oh my God or OMG. Another way that we do this is by using God's name for personal gain. Uh, there's a whole industry called Christian retailing. They have a big convention every year called the CBA, Christian Booksellers Association. You know, there's a lot of great resources out there for Christians. I'm very appreciative of wonderful Christian books and uh, great Christian music. But then people will have Christian versions of things. I actually saw a company some years ago, they had Christian tires. Do I need Christian tires? <laughs> what were they called? God year instead of good year? I don't remember, but. And then I was saying, I saw this one person selling Christian breath mints. Now look, some Christians do need breath mints, okay? So that's, I'm okay with the idea of a breath mint, but do I need a Christian breath mint? Each one was in the shape of a fish. Oh, I don't want to use those secular search breath mints. I want the godly fish-shaped breath mints. To me, that's a form of using the Lord to sell something, and I don't really like it. Okay, here's another way you can take the Lord's name in vain, is when you claim to speak for God when you aren't speaking for God. Now look, I, I take what I do very seriously, and I know when I stand up here that I do speak for God, not exclusively, uh, because there are things I say that are just my thoughts and opinions, and honestly, my... <laughs> My thoughts or opinions aren't any more important than anybody else's. But when I open the Word of God, I can say this is what the Bible says. And so even the Apostle Paul, when he stood before the believers in Berea, it says, they searched the Scripture to see if these things were so. I love that. They were checking out the Apostle Paul. Well, I know you're the Apostle Paul, but I'm gonna still see if that's biblical. That's right. Every Christian should do that. Never take my word for it. Never take anybody's word at face value. Check it to the scripture. Does it line up with the Bible? But there are certain things that I can say on the authority of God's word that are significant. For instance, I can tell someone their sin is forgiven. I don't have the power to forgive sin. I can't absolve you from sin like a priest claims to be able to do. No man, no woman can do that. But I can say to you, if you meet God's criteria to be forgiven, you're forgiven. First John 1, 9 says, if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if I led you in a prayer to accept Christ, if you ask the Lord to forgive you, I can tell you on the authority of Scripture, your sin is forgiven and you're going to heaven. Now that's not something I do. And you can do this too. And here's what Jesus said. He, he said that we can say to people these things with authority. He said in John chapter 20, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. Again, I don't have the authority to do it on my own, but I'm speaking for God in that they've met God's criteria. Okay, that's fine. But then there are people that claim to speak for God. The Lord told me this. The Lord told me this and he told me to tell you that. God just told me to say this to you. Now careful with that. 
Because the Bible warns against those who say the Lord has spoken when the Lord has not spoken. I had a girl come up to me years ago and say, uh, Greg, the Lord told me I'm supposed to marry you. I said, well, let's go talk to my wife about that. I don't know if she'll agree. So obviously that girl was misdirected. Sometimes it's preachers telling us this is the message of the Lord. This is the prophecy I'm giving to you from God. Okay, hold on. Let's really test it according to Scripture and let's see if what they predicted is true because if what they say will happen does not happen, then I think they're called in the Bible a false prophet. But there are people that say, I'm speaking for God. Or they'll say, God speaks to me every day. Just audible voice every day. You know, I've been a Christian 50 years now. And I don't know that I've, thank you. Uh, well, those are really lame claps. I mean, if you're, okay, wait. That wasn't even a smattering of applause. That was almost like mocking applause, right? Just, I've been a Christian for 50 years. No, no, no. Forget it. Okay. Let's just move on from that. Okay. By God's grace, right? So, and I would like to tell you every morning I get up and I shave and God speaks audibly to me. Hello, Greg. Good morning. This is your mission. Should you decide to take it? All of a sudden the Mission Impossible theme is playing. Where did that come from? There's going to be a guy named Joe at the gas station at 11.43 today. Go tell Joe about Jesus. Okay. Do, 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 do. And it self-destructs. Bible burns up. No, we don't want that. Anyone who tells you God speaks to them audibly all the time, I'm going to be honest, I don't believe it. I've had the Lord speak to me, but most of the time when God speaks to me, I would describe it more as a very strong impression. There are times when certain verses will sort of leap off the page and speak to my situation. I felt very strongly directed by the Lord to start this church in Riverside. I felt very strongly directed by the Lord to start our church in Orange County. I felt very strongly directed by the Lord to marry my wife. It took us a while to figure it out, honestly. We broke up three times before we did it. But, uh, so the Lord will direct you. But here's the reality of how God directs me in general. I get up in the morning and I read the Bible and I pray and I ask for wisdom and then I walk in faith and I seek to apply the truths I found in the scripture and I found myself smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Right? It's not all mystical and audible voices and it is to some. But I'm telling you, this is more what you're going to experience as a Christian. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So don't take the Lord's name in vain. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. Hearing about listeners who find Jesus because of the ministry of Harvest is so encouraging. Pastor Greg, about 22 years ago, the Lord used one of your sermons to bring me to Jesus. Thank you for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep up the good fight of faith. Has Pastor Greg heard from you? If not, why not drop him an email and tell your story? Send it to greg at harvest.org. Do it today while you're thinking about it. Again, that's greg at harvest.org. 
Well, today, Pastor Greg is discussing the many ways we may dishonor the third commandment, not to take the name of the Lord in vain. Let's continue. Another way we do it, and this will be the last illustration of taking his name in vain, is when we use God's name in a way that is insincere or phony. When we use his name in a way that's insincere or phony. You may be singing at the top of your lungs, but your heart and your mind is not engaged. You're singing, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, you know, and and you're looking at some person going, I can't believe she's wearing that at church. Seriously? Really? Wow, that person over there, they're so pitch. In fact, I don't like them at all. You're not thinking about what you're saying, so you're drawing near to Him with your lips, but your heart can be far from Him. And we don't want that to happen to us. But let me say that even for people that are profane and use bad language, the hypocrisy of the church is far worse than the profanity in the street. So you see somebody over there, listen, they're using foul words and they took the Lord's name in vain. They're so evil. But if you're in church and you're saying all these things to the Lord, how much you love Him, and you're going down and contradicting it in the way that you live, what you're doing is worse than that person over there. And the reason it's worse is because they don't know any better, but you do. Don't take the Lord's name in vain because God will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And now commandment number four. And this completes the first tablet. There's two tablets of the Ten Commandments. Tablet number one, four commandments that have to do with our relationship with God. Tablet number two, six commandments that have to do with our relationships with other people. Here's commandment number four. Exodus 20, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. Now drop down to verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that's in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. We'll stop there. This is probably one of the most misunderstood of all of the commandments. Basically it's saying, we need to take one day off out of seven and rest and recharge. But let's not miss the other point. It's also saying we should work. Because what does it say? On the seventh day we should do no work, which implies on the other six days we should work. This comes as a revelation to some people. <laughs> they think the government should take care of them. That their family should underwrite them. That they can freeload and be lazy. And the Bible actually says, if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. So there's a place for personal responsibility as a follower of Jesus Christ. But yes, there should be a day where we disconnect. Because some people go to the other extreme. Some don't work when they could or should. And others work too much. They're workaholics. And they say it's all for their family, but they don't seem to have any time for their family. And they say they, you know, they do it because they have to, but sometimes they overwork themselves and they don't understand that God has set a principle into place that He wants us to honor. And that principle is take a day to disconnect. Take a day to get refreshed. Take a day to be recharged. And for us as Christians, for many of us, it's Sunday because the first day of the week when the early church met, we meet as well. 
But we say, well, I don't have time. I can't do it. But here's what I'm suggesting to you. If you will honor the Lord and say, I'm taking this day, Sunday's the Lord's day. I'm gonna worship with my family. We're gonna spend time together. I'm gonna disconnect from all the things that distract me. I'm telling you, whatever you're doing, God will bless you for that. He will bless you. But the trend among some is attending church less often. Well, we don't go as much as we used to. There's just so, we're so busy, busy, busy. Don't you want to take time for the Lord, for His people, for His Word? I think that's a really good thing to do. Here's another thing a lot of us neglect. We don't remember to give to the Lord. The Lord promises, if you will honor me with the first fruits of your increase and bring the tithe to me, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake and open up the windows of heaven and pour a blessing on you so great you won't be able to contain it. Here, listen to this. Chick-fil-A's have built an entire business model on being closed on Sunday. Who does that? To be honest, I wanted to eat Chick-fil-A on Sundays and I'm not so happy. Because I've gone there on Sundays and said, oh yeah, right, closed on Sunday. But they're America's number one fast food restaurant. So that says something. Honor the Lord. Do what His Word says. These are not rules, as I said earlier, that are like the bars of a cage to keep us in. They're like barriers of protection to keep harm out. They're given to us for our own good, but we all break them. You know, as I teach them the Ten Commandments, I think, oh, I fell short there, I fell short in this other one. We've all broken these commandments. And when we get to the final six, they're very clear. You shall not steal, you shall not lie, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not covet what belongs to another, who of us have not done that. And if you break one commandment, the Bible says, you're guilty of all of them. The commandments were not given to make me righteous, they were given to show me I'm not righteous. The commandments were given to show me I need Jesus. Because He's the only one who ever lived by all of the 10 commandments, because we have broken those commandments a, a while ago. I was driving and I ran a red light. I went through an intersection. It wasn't intentional. I wasn't paying attention, but I ran that red light. I did, oh no, I ran the red light. And right as I was coming through it, another red light appeared <laughs> with a siren. I ran a red light with a cop behind me. He pulled me over. Oh, I thought, oh, I'd blown it. So I got out my driver's license, my registration. I rolled down my window. The officer came up. I said, officer, I am sorry. I was wrong. I wasn't paying attention. And uh, it's my fault. The cop, I think he was a little stunned. Like, he looked at me for a minute and said, okay, well, hmm. You know what? I'm not gonna give you a ticket today. I said, really, officer, why? He said, because nobody ever tells the truth about these things. And so, says, so I'm giving you a warning. And I said, yes. <laughs> then I said, praise the Lord. Right. <laughs> That's a good time to say praise the Lord. So keep this in mind. Don't run red lights, but if you do, tell them the truth. Because cops know. Because people lie all day long to police officers, and they're pretty good at knowing when someone's telling the truth or not. And so, but here's my point. I was given a second chance, so to speak, 
because I admitted it. I didn't blame it on somebody else. I didn't say it wasn't my fault or the sun was in my eyes. I just said, I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. I apologize. And that's how we get right with God. Instead of blaming people. Well, it's not my fault. It's the way I was raised. It was my parents. It's, it's my children. It's the cat. It's always the cat, you know. <laughs> the cat made me do it somehow. You blame all these things and you just need to say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I've broken your commandments and I'm responsible for what I did and it was wrong and I'm sorry and I ask you to forgive me. And God will. God will. So there may be somebody here today who has thought, wow, you know what, this uh, hit home <laughs> and I've done these things. I I've broken this commandment. I have taken the Lord's name in vain. Um, I've, I've lied. I've stolen. Uh, I've committed adultery. I've done so many of these things. Well, you need to be forgiven. And that's why Jesus died for you on the cross and shed his blood for you. He took the penalty of the Ten Commandments upon himself and faced the full wrath of God so you don't have to. And if you'll turn from your sin and believe in Jesus, you can walk out of here a forgiven person. Is there somebody listening to me that needs forgiveness? If so, I'm going to extend an opportunity for you as we close in prayer to ask God to forgive you of whatever sin it is you need forgiven. Let's all bow our heads. And Father, I pray for every person that is here. If they don't know Jesus yet, if they haven't been forgiven of their sin, help them to come to you and believe in you and have Christ come and live inside of them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important closing prayer. And today, if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will come back to help you do that before today's edition of A New Beginning wraps up. And then we're so excited to make available the unforgettable film called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. There was no one like Johnny Cash. He was a country superstar but also a man whose shortcomings and missteps often ended up as front-page news. His honesty and vulnerability came through his singing, but also the country toughness that kept him moving forward. Johnny, or J.R., as his family called him, was a man of deep faith, but a man who needed large doses of God's forgiveness. And we want to make this new film available to you right now, a film that tells this fascinating story. You know, when you order your copy of Johnny Cash or Redemption of an American Icon from us here at Harvest on DVD, along with a streaming code so you can download it to your computer, phone, or tablet, you're going to hear some stories from well-known people, including Johnny's sister, who he was very close to, Joanna Cash Yates. One of the events that dramatically impacted Johnny's life was when his older brother Jack was killed in a tragic accident. Listen to Joanna now, the sister of Johnny Cash, tell that story. He said, Mama, I have a feeling I shouldn't go today. And Mama said, well, don't go. Go fishing with, with J.R. Jack worked part-time after school and on weekends at a local wood mill cutting fence posts. 
He happily volunteered to make a few cents to help pay the family bills. And he said, no, I'm going to go make $3. We need it for the groceries. So he told Johnny, I'll meet you at the blue hole and we'll fish when I get through. And so they both went their separate ways and Jack went to the sawmill and he was sawing some fence posts. And as he pushed the fence post and jerked him into the saw. He was cut from his neck to his groin. And um, survived, um, even though it, it tore him open very badly. And Johnny was sitting at his bedside holding his hand. And he looked at Daddy and he said, Daddy, will you meet me in heaven? Daddy dropped down on his knees and gave his heart to the Lord. And so did the doctor. Jack called me Jana. He said, Jana, tell me bye. And I was scared. And I said, no, I don't want you to go anywhere. I wished I had, but I couldn't. And that's when he left us. He went to heaven. It was a moment of unbelievable sorrow for the Cash family. But it played a role in influencing the pathway Johnny Cash chose for the rest of his life. You owe it to yourself to hear the full story, as told in the new movie Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. And we'll send it to you, the DVD and the free streaming code, to thank you for your partnership in bringing these daily studies your way. And thank you for your generosity. This resource is a bit more expensive than normal. So please get in touch today. You can call us at 1-800-821-3300. That's a 24-7 phone number, 1-800-821-3300. Or write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or go online to harvest.org. And then, uh, Pastor Greg, I know there are some in our audience who felt God speaking to them today through your message, mm-hmm. and they want to make a change in their relationship with the Lord. Could you help them with that? Yeah, you know, Dave, the Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer where you will be doing just that, calling on the name of the Lord. So listen, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want to know that when you die, you will go to heaven. If you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and take away your guilt and your shame, then just stop what you're doing and pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this after me if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I have broken your commandments. I have fallen short of your standards. But 2,000 years ago, you died on that cross for me. Then you rose again from the dead. So Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior, and my Lord, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me, and accepting me, and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And listen, if you have just prayed that prayer along with Pastor Greg, and you've meant those words sincerely, God has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. 
And we want to send you some materials to help you as you begin your new life as a follower of Christ. It's a collection called the New Believer's Growth Packet. We'll send it without charge if you've made a first-time commitment to the Lord today. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-821-3300. You can call us anytime. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or write A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or go to harvest.org and click Know God. Well, next time, we'll see what the Ten Commandments teach us about family life, even here in the 21st century. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. Thanks for listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Sign up for daily devotions and learn how to become a Harvest Partner at Harvest.org.